Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring and motivating life-changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to The Prosperity Project. Hi there and welcome back to episode 5 of The Prosperity Project. Now, last week, if you listened in, I'm sure you will want to, if you haven't listened to episode 4, we teased you with a little bit of a topic that we thought would be really quite interesting to cover as a couple and hopefully get your insight as well. So I posed the question, what would we do if we were broke right now? What are the next steps that we would take So I can tell by the look on Matt's face, he's already thinking ahead exactly how he would answer that. So I'll give you some insight on how that question came about. It's a good one, right? If you were broke right now, you had nothing, no money in the bank, what would you do? And I think it comes from, we were on a Q&A session on the Mama Furfur channel a couple of weeks ago. So basically I had never done a, a live session on YouTube before. And as always, you get really great questions from the audience. And this was one of the questions that an audience member asked. And I thought, you know, what that is a really cracking topic especially given how our journeys progressed over the couple of years our answers are probably going to be really different now than they would have been maybe five years ago even two years ago now so I think you're really going to love today's podcast episode so the interesting thing about that question is as you mentioned I think what we would have answered a few years ago is very different to what we'd answer today. Yep. And I think a lot of that comes from the experiences that we've gained. Yep, yep. And the challenge you have, I think, is if you haven't tried to do things outside of the normal nine to five, mm-hmm. then yep. you have that fear factor of what you can do, how mm. you're going to achieve it, where you're going to get that next job. Whereas I think if you've learned over the course of time to be a little bit more Mm self-sufficient, to find Mm -hmm. your own way, to be comfortable with failure and to make (laughs) things work, (laughs) the whole process then suddenly doesn't seem quite as daunting. So sitting there with an empty bank account, having to start again, Mm. really doesn't seem like the end of the world. It actually seems like it's an opportunity to work out where you want to go, how you want to do it and what you can achieve. Absolutely, a clean slate. And I think that's what it's getting. There's only a couple of fears really in life that we all worry about. And one of them has to be the fear of poverty, like truly being no money in the bank, what would you actually do? And whether that's happened because of choices in life or it's happened just suddenly, like things happen. But it's a really great opportunity usually to restart life if you're able to come out of those fear-based moments. So I loved when we were chatting about this podcast last night, what we were going to say, we were reminded of a couple of entrepreneurs who have had scenarios like that and turned it around so the positive stories so one being you were sharing Richard Branson what was his whole story about I don't know the whole story (laughs) but I do know that people like Richard Branson have struggled in the past have lost all their money and more importantly if Richard Branson lost everything tomorrow Mm. I don't think anybody would bet that he wouldn't become a millionaire <laughs> or multimillionaire within a year. Exactly. Well, one famous one I brought to the table was Dave Ramsey. So because I love to talk about money and finance, I'm kind of obsessed with some of the other people talking about money and finance over in different places. And Dave Ramsey is a very famous money guru. He's got a book. He's got a concept of how to get people out of debt. It's called the Baby Steps Method. I'm not going to go into detail, but essentially his backstory was that I think he started in real estate when he 
he got married quite young and basically built up millions and then through a couple of bad choices lost it all and his whole point was he hit that rock bottom and then it was building up he experienced the taste of a a lavish lifestyle and money having to rebuild from ground zero what would that then bring him and obviously he's you know the legend that he is now multi-millionaire yet again empires but the whole point is that these people usually when they've built up those empires or they've had a taste of running their own business using their own skill set those are then developed mindset and skill sets that you can almost tap into again and I think that might be something as us as let's say regular people can equally do that if you're able to tap in first of all to a skill set where you're having to hustle a little bit you're not just automatically thinking of a nine-to-five job can you sell something to someone not in a deception way but can you add value for your talents and goods and when you start with one sale that's when you really get excited so often you'll find with these people because they've built up the skill sets because they've built up potentially contacts experiences they've also done a lot of things where they felt failure is something that is key to success you learn from where you've gone wrong you learn from those challenges you've had and then you know which path not to take if you're starting off something new so i think that all of that experience and also the lack of fear i guess ultimately the lack of fear then turns judgment into as well lack of fear lack of judgment but it turns into belief yeah, belief absolutely. that of course you're going to be able to earn money again of course you're going to be able to pay your bills and move forward in life and that happens because of the experience you've had because you've had success and because you're moving forward Absolutely. So let's think about it like training weights, right? So going into the gym. The first time I remember, do you remember I had actually a fear of going into the garage? We've got to set the scene, everyone. We've got this small gym in the garage. It's got a cycle machine. It's got plenty of free weights. You've got a squat rack and all everything there. So it's, you know, you can do a great workout. But I remember before I actually properly started working out, I really had the fear of going in on my own. And then it took maybe a couple of weeks of consistently, you know, the first time you do it is the scariest, unlocking the door, going in, picking up a weight, knowing what to do. And then it's building on that, isn't it? So the thing about free weights is it's very daunting to a lot of people. You walk into a public gym or you walk into your own little garage gym And a lot of people are intimidated by free weights because there's not set moves to do. Unless you know what you're doing, unless you've had a little bit of guidance or you've read up, it's actually almost sport for choice as far as your activities. At least if you go to various machines, there's pretty much just one move you can do. Often there's a description on the machine of what to do and how to do it. (laughs) So you can't really get it wrong. So that's, I think, why free weights can be daunting. And even if if you've had advice Mm. as to what to do, making sure you're doing it right, feeling like you're actually doing something properly, I think can be a challenge. And that then goes into the money concept of you don't really know what you're doing unless you've done it before. And then there's that fear of there's too much choice, too much availability. You're not quite sure where to put your energies and whether you're going to do it right. And that fear of failure I think fear of looking bad, getting it wrong, potentially the impact that that failure can make, at least Mm. in the gym, if you lift the weight incorrectly, 
the worst you can probably do is stretch a muscle. <laughs> Whereas if you do the wrong thing financially, mm. you can have bigger impact depending on how big you're going in. And I think though you shouldn't like that. So the whole point is if you had to start from scratch, I suppose the decision is, would you do the nine to five job or would you see it as an opportunity to liberate, you know, live the freedom lifestyle? And I think to be honest, if I had to start from zero, I would probably go that route. And we'll touch upon that later in the podcast, what we'd exactly do. But essentially the whole point as we're talking about, example being freeways, is actually it's the learned skills. You're getting over probably a little bit of fear of judgment. So it's not only fear making a, a wrong move, but actually people are going to judge you for how you're going to make money potentially, whatever business you decide to start. And then there's also the skills that you might have to learn. So that we naturally as humans don't like to feel out of our comfort zone. So potentially if you want to do something to actually make money, you've suddenly not got any income, you might then have to go out of that comfort zone and learn something new. And that's totally different being an adult than it is perhaps being a child or something like that. So those are the main habits that as humans we want to kind of avoid and ultimately it's avoiding pain so I talked about fear of judgment fear of learning something new getting it wrong but we're more commonly want to get from pain than we do pleasure funnily enough that's the kind of human instinct overriding everything the monkey brain if you like but the greatest thing is though with these opportunities that come along you actually end up creating pleasure if you end up embracing it and actually honing in on your true talents so one last thing before we dive into what we'd actually do if our bank accounts are empty. And that is that I think we've both had success and failure in the past. Um, and probably Jennifer's tried a lot more things in the kind of business and taken advantage <laughs> of opportunities that the world might have. Are you have saying I'm a hustler? <laughs> I think that you've had passions more than I have. Maybe I've just got blind confidence that I just try anything. So why don't you tell us briefly about a, My couple, of the, a couple of the things that you've done along the way that have made you a little bit more robust, a little bit more <laughs> daring, a little bit more... I guess, have that self-belief that you can make something work. Okay, that's interesting. Well, one thing, I teach other people to make passive income than income sources, so I've got to have done it myself, haven't I? Um, so my kind of route into entrepreneurship if you want to call it that I went to university like everyone else and after you go to university you obviously get a job don't you that's the default move so a nine-to-five job and while I was at university would you believe that I actually developed this love of cheerleading so I am not trained as a dancer in any way but but I used to love dancing around my room so basically in university the movie this is going to show my age please don't judge me but um it was around 99 2000 I started university and the film Bring It On had just launched I don't know have you ever watched that Matthew I've never watched that <laughs> have you never I don't think I've watched the one sequel. two three or four <laughs> were, there, were there multiple there's multiple was there Bring like it Latin on, Heat and things like that as well <laughs> no I think that's the next movie night only to get that but he said but but what happened was I was, yeah, it was like 19 years old, 20 years old or something. And I saw Bring It On and I was like, wow, that is the sport for me. It's dancing, it's full of energy and it looks quite short-winded. I thought I could last three minutes. That sounds quite good. The gymnastics and stuff I would figure out as I went along. So essentially what happened was at university, I joined the cheerleading squad and because I've always had this ability to help others, teach others, I ended up 
coaching the cheerleading squad because I became obsessed with learning about the stunts, dance routines, just absolutely loved it. I've always loved creating and so creating choreography to routines, creating like how people um, move together as a team um, and for me it was competitive nature so competing around the world and also on the UK level then it led to um, against other teams. And I, I won't go into the backstory but essentially as I entered my field of profession leaving university I then had to give up being a cheerleader well in some respects but I still wanted to coach or teach other people how to cheerlead because I loved it and so 2005 I started a cheerleading squad so my first business still worked the day job but I was teaching I was coaching kids from the age of about three all the way up to 20-ish um, multiple teams ended up being and I actually had that business for five years and we were European champions we were Scottish UK champions the works did various things and so that really I had that con- and that business started just because I loved it and so what happened was teaching the kids naturally you start to charge for kids to come to your classes you know it needs to be worth your time but also you need them to help cover the cost of the hall and think you know there's a natural exchange of money so you build a business don't you and then you've also got customers you've got parents there's a whole story all lots of stories there that I could share with you so that was my first dive into entrepreneurship and I decided to stop it because I actually wanted to go back into full-time work in 2010 2011 actually and I went back into IT and since then it was then a couple of years we met, obviously, and then out of all of that, I kind of dove into blogging a little bit, maybe just after Nathan was born, probably about 2013, 14, something like that, I started something a blog. Like that. Again, the whole atmosphere, just like helping others with motherhood and things like that. And then came Mama Furfur, and that was 2016, Mama yep. Furfur and you started off with... A, an array oh, of I've videos. Oh, I've forgotten the main thing. Well, I started the channel. That's what I'm forgetting. I started the channel, but actually, if you've watched my early videos, it's nothing to do with money. It's motherhood. And there's a reason then that comes after that in that I started... Um, I'm, and I'm, I'm an engineer, but I work in IT. But my passion was to, again, kind of help other people maybe feel better about themselves and encourage other people into engineering ultimately as well. So I then produced a company, a kind of clothing range, and it was called Stereotype Clothing, and we made jumpers and T-shirts, so physical items, but I was smart. You see, this is where it was passive income a little bit. I actually got a drop shipper involved, which meant I created the designs and I didn't have to have any inventory. They would print it all, print on demand. It would be sent directly to the customer and I would just manage the social media, the business, the entrepreneurship of it. And I did that business for about a year, would you say? Well, um, I was still, I just started my I, YouTube. I think it ran maybe for nine a year, months or something. but I think it had probably about six months of real yeah. activity. Because like Sam, our youngest, was a baby, but also I did enjoy it. There was a great message behind it. So it was all encouraging women to be proud of being a STEM person. So science, tech, engineering, maths, various clothing. You know, we appeared on the BBC website, lots of things like that. But I really, it put me out of my comfort zone a little bit too much. It involved me actually trying to get customers, but without really adding value. So I love YouTube because I feel like I add value to my customers, my viewers. And then off the back of that, well, whatever my business needs to do to support that model is fine. So that was really the whole kind of setup. And now, obviously, Mama Furfur 
is what five, four years down the line and all that brings. Yep, and it's evolved into a An financial <laughs> advice channel. And got a blog, we've got books, we've got gore. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> so there's a lot that's gone into there. But all of this experience has ultimately put you and therefore us in a position where creating something from nothing or having mm. our bank account emptied. I like, I like additional income, but here's the caveat. I like being able to influence the money that I can make or the value I can give others. A nine to five job is fantastic, but that's like kind of a fixed amount. Whereas I think if you can do something with your talents, the moment somebody buys something from from you, there's an incredible feeling that you're like, oh, I can do something out of a nine to five job. So that's that's where I kind of get that buzz from. Okay, so let's move on from the past. <laughs> let's now move on What's to... What's your entrepreneurial story? You're just, you're helping me. That's what your, your job has been. I, I do a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Absolutely. I'm Did not you sell re- anything as a child? So, um, magazines, stickers, football stickers. Did you do no, them? Nothing. No, I'm a logical thinker, which means that... <laughs> I'm not really the ideas person. I solve the issues that exactly. come up with the idea. Yeah, but you're from London. I thought everyone was a bit of a hustler. No, not everyone works on the markets <laughs> and is trying to sell dodgy goods out of a van. Right, okay. That's the Scottish girl, aren't So, they? let's set the scene. The Mama Furfo YouTube channel gets taken down for some reason. Yep, I've got no money. And our bank accounts and we've got are two kids. empty. Yep. We've got two kids. A mortgage. You currently have a day job, but let's scrap that as well. So, the day yep. job... They get rid of you and we've got to start from scratch. Yep. So I know that the first step mm-hmm. is really we've got to balance the books with what we've got. Strip those outgoings. Absolutely. Down bare bones as budget. Low bare bones as budget. So what do we do after well, how do we do that and what do we do next? So bare bones budget would literally be you sit down together or by yourself and work out how much exactly bare minimum do you need to keep the lights on, minimum food in your belly in the very, very short term. It is not meant to be long term, but literally mortgage, council tax, if you're renting, maybe that's all included. What's the number, the exact number you need to bring in because ultimately you need to keep yourself, you know, Marlowe's law, the little triangle says you've got to keep yourself safe and dry and food in your belly. So that's what we're going to cover. And I think we've got some kind of spreadsheet we'd probably use. (laughs) We actually use our autopilot spreadsheet system, yes. But essentially any budgeting tool, really recommend even pen and paper, but do the calculation. So go through your past bank statement and actually see what is the bare minimum you need. If you've never done a budget before, I'm afraid that is the time. The reason being that number is, as I said, you then work backwards. We're going to reverse engineer what is then the work required to get that number just to keep us going in the in the short term. So, yeah, that looking at the bank account, I think, is very important. Mm. We're not and going to stripping talk, out. We're not going to talk too much about budgeting today. <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. I'm sure we will. But 100%, people that look at budgets for the first time and write down numbers about how much they spend on food, on fuel, on nights out, they're kidding themselves. <laughs> when you have no money... As I was just going to say there as well, you need to cut everything that's not essential. You need to be phoning, net, cancelling Netflix, even if you shared it with someone else. You need to be the mobile phone. I'm sorry, if you're on a contract and it's not a SIM only, you sell your phone and you get like a wee dinky, <laughs> really cheap £20 one if you need. Like really, if you've no money, it's time to get bare minimum because you can recover. You can get these luxuries once you get deeper in. Okay, so we've sorted out the outgoings, but we need some income. Absolutely. So- there's an easy way of getting money at the moment. I say easy, mm, it's easier. work. It's easier now, isn't it? Um, 
rather than having to do lots of applications and all kinds of fun stuff like that, there are various delivery services, whether that's delivering food or being an Amazon driver. There's plenty of opportunities to basically just put in an application, yep. get yourself on the job, and then your hours are whatever you decide to do. You can work the shifts that suit you. You can work the days that suit you. Yep. And you can bring in money very, very quickly and it's not really that much of a challenge. It's not much of a barrier for entry as long as you've got a vehicle to get around. Well, that's one thing. But uh, uh, we're talking about cash flow, right? So we've got that number. You've got to get immediate cash. So whether that needs to be that you do get on a website and you look and see what's available from the government, there's no shame in that. Please do that as your first step. You also have to think about can you do one of these um, very high demand jobs that maybe don't require as dramatic a skill set as maybe the job that you had before so amazon flex is a great one they're desperate for people delivery drivers pizza you know every kind of every kind of hustling job you can think of even working in a shop whatever you need to do well the challenge with working with a shop or other things is you've got to apply there's a turnaround time for them to see you to interview you to get you on board at least with the driving gigs yeah if you you can drive turnaround time is a lot faster and ultimately when we're looking at cash flow we want to ideally make it as quick as possible so you're not getting yourself into debt you're not racking up money on credit cards to feed yourself cash flow so cash flow is key Um, but also I think if you are doing a delivery driver type activity because you can choose the hours that suit you because you can make that as flexible as you need it to be in order then to support whatever it is you want to do outside of that Mm -hmm. it's definitely the first place that we'd be looking absolutely and another suggestion if you don't fancy that you can't drive or whatever another place to start is some of these freelancing websites so i often mention fiverr.com might put you out your comfort zone but if you search fiverr and here's some obscure ones that people are desperate for if you can do any kind of translation of social media like youtube videos just having the basic text if you can type on a computer you can try your best the other thing that's in demand is voiceover work so obviously i'm scottish you're English so we could actually say well for five pounds we'll do five minutes of a Scottish voiceover and sometimes I might even want you to record it on your phone so there's there's ways of just being a little bit smarter if you just want short-term money so the barrier for entry on a lot of these fiver things is actually really small as long as you've got a computer and a skill to use and absolutely with a voiceover I think you'd need some kind of external mic but Ultimately, if you sit yourself in a cupboard with a <laughs> £10 lavalier mic you can pick up from Amazon, then you have the type of acoustics that are suitable without lots of surround sound from where you are that you could do these types of gigs. Absolutely. So the, the main emphasis here is short-term cash flow. Let's keep it simple. Let's hustle. Let's do something just to bring cash in while we then build up other revenue streams. Okay, so we're balancing the minimal budget. Mm-hmm. And actually, we might even have a little bit of extra money in our pocket. Ooh, okay. So now, I think the next step is working out, this is the right time to work out what you want to do. So where previously you may have been doing a nine-to-five and that maybe changes suddenly. Yep. And especially when we're looking at the current circumstances of the lockdown and companies being maybe in limbo, but when they're opening, it's actually the right opportunity to yep. take a look at what you're doing and whether you want to continue to do it. So for us, the great thing is we had opportunities to look at what we were doing and I quit my full-time job. <laughs> I think that... If, That's one of the scariest things we've done. <laughs> it is one of the scariest things we've done, but also it's one of Most the best rewarding. things we've done. 
And I think that if we lost all of our money, I don't think you'd be looking for a corporate to replace your current corporate. No, probably not. You never know. <laughs> so what would we be doing? I think then what I would be focusing on, the best advice would be thinking about passive or semi-passive income. So let's say we've got that short-term income. For me right now, I would then be thinking, okay, can I maybe a couple hours a day build up a semi-passive or a passive income source? So that would be doing stuff like, can I make content? Can I write books? Can I do courses? Can I do anything where it's a one-time creation, but then sell it multiple times? Products, services, any of those kind of things. I've got actually tons of videos on my Mama for Fur channel if you wanted inspiration but you know there is endless options and the reason why I say maybe focus on passive is because passive means effectively you don't need to exchange your time for money and there's never been such an opportunity to really embrace that as right now and the reason why I would really strongly say if you can start over and go passive routes even some of your working life is because really everyone's striving for just freedom of their time they want choices and so if you're able from the work go you're covering your bills and while you build up something that is potentially getting larger and larger that doesn't require your time it's just then going to open up so much more on your choice because it allows then the freedom of whatever life brings down the way rather than I'll just make do right now. So total concept shift from perhaps how you have been experiencing life. So ultimately in this circumstance, this little scenario we've laid out, I think like the likes of Richard Branson, who will be mm -hmm. able to start off and do something again, yep. because of the experience, because of the contacts and everything else that he has, I think that our little life and everything else would probably follow not to the same scale mm. but a similar trajectory Absolutely, because you've yeah. got the experiences because we built some things over the time mm. and also because ultimately you have an audience even mm. if your channel got taken down you could easily start a new channel and probably build up the following very very quickly to what you had and that would therefore suggest to me that it's all of the work you've done whilst you weren't broke mm, that mm. allows you to ride the storm if something dramatic and drastic yeah, happens. Your attitude, your habits and everything, right? Absolutely. And therefore, I'd suggest that anybody that's got a skill, a talent, some information that maybe they feel like could be shared quite readily with the world and would provide value, I think that you should start doing that. We should mm. get on with it. Don't wait till you're broke. Do it now. <laughs> Do it now. I like that. <laughs> Do it now so you can start to build up that backlog of information that you've shared. You can build up that audience. You can build up that skill set. You can build up those successes and failures so that you can ride out any storm and potentially throw away everything you've been doing normally during a day mm. should a storm come along <laughs> and actually just ride this new awesome wave that you've built in your free time <laughs> absolutely and let's just dial it into the name of this podcast the prosperity project right if you had to start your way of making money all over again one of the best focuses you can do is say what kind of shape of your days in terms of your overall prosperity so your happiness your health as well if you had to really because here's the thing there's a, a law that's called parkinson's law i think i mentioned it before in the podcast but essentially the amount of time you allocate to something you will fill so let's think about that with money basically if you decide you only want to work like work properly on something for income maybe two or three hours a day 
you will then fill that time and be as productive as you can be and then your income could skyrocket so although you're committing to just those two or three hours there's no limit then on how much you can earn that's just how much time that you allocate to working so think about it rather in terms of how much money you want to make think about how much actual time do I want to give up to each of the things that are important to me? Because ultimately we do need money. It's one of the second things above probably breathing and oxygen that you need in this world. There's no way around it. But it then allows you to control actually what you're willing to exchange while you build up these new income sources. So I hope you really enjoyed today's podcast. It's been a really interesting topic, don't you think? I think so. I do love these topics. (laughs) A really spur of the moment question that came along. So I hope you really enjoyed. A couple of things about us if you fancy checking out our other content. I've mentioned my channel, a YouTube channel called Mama Furfer. Please do check it out if you fancy learning about personal finance, investing and success mindset in the UK. That's all over me. And I also have a blog called mamafurfer.com to support it. A couple of products I have as well. A couple of books, a couple of courses. And also if you do fancy that budgeting thing that we talked about the autopilot money system it's available on my store and my etsy store to download it's also very fairly priced isn't it? <laughs> i'd like to think so do a little bit of passive income <laughs> and it's a really good spreadsheet i wonder who, <laughs> did who you made help that? me with that i think well you're the man you're the man concept i'm creative you're the you i'm creative you're head of tech volunteer remember we talked about this last week absolutely head of tech volunteer and the other thing is let's touch upon our family channel so we have a family youtube channel called the kempson house because that's our surname and we just share life behind the scenes with our two boys and two cats up here in Glasgow we also shared there's tech reviews there's us two babbling away about various topics our fitness our health and all that and then this week as we release this podcast I am sharing a little bit of insight into SEO for YouTube so if you're a content creator or thinking about making content I'm going to give you all the kind of hints and tips that I use to find keywords titles tags for videos topics basically to target that could end up doing fairly okay in the algorithm i'm going to be sharing that knowledge on a video that's dropping i think the same time as this podcast or if not the day after one of the two um so look out for that on the kempson house so thank you very much for listening we'll be back with another podcast next week and until then i've been jennifer and i've been matt and this has been the prosperity project